With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, the Lakers are back, Mike Harmon. Oh, shouted from the rooftops. This is the Laker team everybody's been waiting for. This is how good they are. They can beat the Nets when the Nets only have one superstar. Oh, the Lakers are back. LeBron is doing things he's never done in his career before. The Lakers are back in 24 and 24. Rejoice. The party is at hand. Hooray. Look at you. You're just all so giddy. The return of Anthony Davis has everybody all fired up. LeBron James hearing it from the crowd as if he were the – I mean, it was Rocky in Russia during Rocky Four. Oh, they're cheering for me now. Yes, Abiata. Yes, Abiata. And he picks up the guy and he throws him out of the ring. Damn right you he does. idiot. They cheer for him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's kind of what you to, had here. So we come to do that to James Harden. You idiot. They cheer for him now. They don't cheer for you. They cheer for him. I think we should have one of our... Uh, you know, digital wizards in the meme making world come up with that one for us. That'd be great. Lakers beat the, the face. Hey, look, it was a game in which the Lakers took control early and they kept control for the majority of the game. The return of Anthony Davis, he plays 25 minutes, did not have a great night, but just the fact that AD was back for the first time, scored eight points, had a couple of rebounds, had four blocks. Uh, LeBron James continues to be the story, his move to center. 
uh, less than a month ago, has been reaping uh, rewards for at least him. Uh, he goes for 33 tonight. Malik Bunk off the bench for 22. And now you can see the headlines everywhere. Here come the Lakers. Ah, oh, the La- This is the Laker team we've been waiting for. This is how good they can be. Look at them. Put a message up against the Nets, beating them in Brooklyn. I can see all the headlines now. Never mind the fact that, yes, no KD, and because it's a home game, there's no Kyrie Irving, and it's basically James Harden and Patty Mills. Uh, but that's going to be the headline now. The Lakers are great. The La- This is bad. Now the Lakers bad. The Lakers are still going to be this team. Okay, they're still going to be this team. What I will say is that LeBron, and, and this, is, this is where even the most – Arden of LeBron haters has to give him credit for the caliber of player that he is. This is now the third time that he has, and the second time he has reinvented himself at a different position and been absolutely dominant, right? Playing, playing forward like he did for the majority of his career. Then he goes and and starts playing point guard and becomes one of the best point guards in the NBA. You know, top of the league in assists. Who knew LeBron could do that? And now, hey, a little bit older, but now I'll get my points at center. And and look, Eric Spolster even said the other day, if I knew LeBron could have played center 10 years ago, I would have put him there because LeBron is just that freakish matchup wherever it is. His skill set is too big. In the positionless NBA, like it is right now, he can take advantage of that. You don't have to look and go, boy, you know, you kind of need to be 7-2. No, you don't. LeBron has shown another way to extend his career and show you that he can be an all-star player at so many different positions. So while I'm not believing this for the Lakers, I know everybody's going crazy about them, but this is kind of who they're. They'll win a big game like this, then they'll go and lose to Utah by 25, right? This is just who the Lakers are. But LeBron doing what he's doing, changing positions, it's the best thing for the Lakers because maybe they can figure something out around it now. You don't have to worry about LeBron bringing the ball up and touching the ball as much as he is, and he He's a mismatch at center because of the skill set he still has, even though he's 36. You have to understand that this is a guy now who has shown I can dominate at three different positions in the NBA. And while there are other players who probably could have done it, you know, three positions is tough. When you're talking about center being one of them, you know, this is not point guard, off guard, and small forward. This is small forward, power forward, point guard, center. I mean, that's, you know, Patrick Ewing, as good as he was, was never going to bring the ball up for the Knicks, right? Although it would have been fun to see a couple of times. Uh, But for him to be able to do that at this level, those three positions specifically, there's nobody I've ever seen in in the history of the league that's been able to do something like that. Magic Johnson is close. He went to center in the NBA Finals because he had to, uh, you know, that one time. Obviously, he had a great, he had a phenomenal series, and he was good there. But this is now, okay, point guard center he did it he did it for a little bit this is LeBron now from forward to point guard to center and dominant over a course of of of, of three four weeks now I, I've never Magic Johnson's the closest thing to this yeah I think when, when we look at it it's, it's something I spoke into existence so I feel pretty good pat myself on the back for this you should coach say, the Lakers then you, say, you can well, replace Frank Vogel look, Look, by the end of this uh, road trip, they're going to be walking out with T-shirts with Frank Vogel's face on them. See how we play when our man's back is against the wall? Look at what we do. We rally. Um, But for LeBron James, the natural extension was this, right? Kind of like Jordan started to work on the low post with the turnaround jump shot a little bit more at the end. Uh, It's the same thing, LeBron. and, And as you say, you know, the center position's not what it was, right? You've got seven footers and you've got a couple that are truly skilled in, in all the, the realm, but a lot of the other guys kind of just need up space. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, and heaven forbid that someone tries to throw punches, then it gets to be a good comedy show for us. But to go down on the low block, you know, he checked back into the game and, and in place of Anthony Davis and Davis refused to yield for a minute, thought he was kidding with him. Mm. It's like, come on, really? <laughs> You're coming for me. You're talking to me? Uh, And finally went to the bench. But, no, it's all about extending your career, but you're trying to figure out how to make this iteration of things work, right? The trade talks and rumors surrounding Russell Westbrook continue to heat up, and really a lot of them still focus on John Wall when it's all said and done. But just the idea of, all right, if the trade doesn't happen, you've got to figure out how to find space, how to make this offense work. And – we said it before the season, and here you go. It's the Le- LeBron's got to work a little more off the ball and, and let Russell Westbrook be what, in theory, you brought him in to be, and, and the adjustment of the game 
uh, there too. So 10-point win tonight. You run with it, 33-7-6 for LeBron. He's been on a tremendous one-man gang kind of journey here. Uh, but all this does is get him back to 500. So while it raises an eyebrow and says, well, maybe – all right, I, it's the I'll believe it when I see it in terms of how it looks at the end of the season. Well, and, and that's the big question now is, is that is that is what LeBron doing? Ask yourself, is this good for the company? Uh, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Uh, real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Now, the big question is, is this is this good for the, for the company? Sure. Is this making the Lakers better, or is this just this is LeBron's new way now to get his right? Because he has been not shy about saying how great he feels and how sure. well he's playing and how happy he is. And are the Lakers playing better since he went to center? They're seven and five. It's not like they went on a ten and two tear, you know. Since he went to center, they're seven and five, and it's okay. So they're two games over five hundred. Uh, does this mean they're going to finish with forty three wins? They're going to be forty three and thirty nine. I mean, that's the big question: is that is it making the Lakers better? And so far, it's not because the Lakers now need to make other moves and other adjustments to try to say, okay, if we play LeBron at center, how does this work? How does it work for Russell Westbrook? How does this work for Melo? Does Malik Monk need to play more minutes? It's a constant trying to figure out a puzzle. And now that Anthony Davis is back, how is this going to work? And it's it's just a big one big lab experiment after the other. And and so while yeah, I'm I, I mean I, I really I can't get over how dominant LeBron is at center, uh, being able to. I mean it's amazing. I mean this is you talk three specific positions that are incredibly different. You know at three levels, and he's been dominant there. It's like I said, it's like anything I've seen in watching the NBA in the last 40 years. But is this making them better? And the answer right now is no, it's not. They still have too many things to figure out. So while it's exciting and it's fun, it's it's good when the Lakers are good, right? It's, it's hey, If Anthony Davis is back, he's hey, all right, but is it making them better? The answer is still I feel like I feel like Berman. TJ. That's the answer for is it making them better? Nicely done. Yeah, I, I think it comes back to you know, for LeBron, are we do we doubt anything uh, in terms of regular season uh, ability to go and, and pile up numbers and dominate in spots? No, it, it, this off this Brooklyn squad. Were you surprised he got the the numbers he did? No, I mean, I I, I don't I don't doubt any of that. It's does it work? You know, in the end game uh, at this point, it's kind of like the questions we were asking with Aaron Rodgers and continue to and players across all sports, you know, guys that get snubbed for Hall of Fame inclusion and things of that nature. You know, did you perform in the postseason being part of the <laughs> equation? Hi, you can tell where I sit on all this nonsense. But uh, for for LeBron James, you know, there's only 23 seven footers as of the beginning of the 2021-22 season. In the NBA. So you're not giving up that huge height differential. And, and let's face it, he's got a lot of mass. He, he can box out and, and plow through guys, especially he does that Clyde Drexler move at that size down oh, in yeah. the low post. Yep, you can't yep, stop yep. it. There's no question no. about it. But as I've said all along, it's the if they get to the postseason, I'd love to see this team within a series kind of frame, right? In, in series standard versus the, you know, the one-off and the road trips and barnstorming tour and whatever else. I think there's, you know, potential for chaos, not calling for them to win it, but, you know, there there's certainly a little bit of intrigue, but a lot of it, again, what's it looks like after the the trade deadline and is Anthony Davis healthy? And, and those are two things that, you know, I could pull out Johnny Carson's Karnak bit or go down the street to my local psychic and nobody's telling me anything. I do know this. Irvin Magic Johnson is back to watching the Lakers, though. Yes, so that's, that's good. kind of he, a big deal. He stopped watching them. He was tweeting about other players on other teams yeah. for a while. But now he's back to watching the Lakers. Do you think that's LeBron called him and called him out on it? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, Magic Man, stop tweeting about Jokic. No, no, no. Oh, Cause, sorry. Because he was on vacation. It was Cookie's birthday, like a week and a half or so. And that's when all the tweets about the other players are going. It's like, so you go on vacation, you don't want to watch the Lakers? They're not entertaining you during your vacation? That's kind of what you're telling me here. No, but look, the, the whole thing about LeBron, especially being a positionless NBA, would he be able to hold his own against guys who are 7'2"? Yes, he would be able to because his skill set, he's, he's, he'd be able to get around them, be Speed, able to push yeah. them. And, and they wouldn't be able to keep up with them because normally someone playing the center position is not that athletic. It's why guys like AD are so maddening because they're so athletic and so big and yet they're not better. But now, especially where it's not it's not contingent on having a player who's seven foot in the middle of the foot. This is what you had to do, right? For the longest time in the NBA, that's what it was. Got to have a center, got to have a rim protector, got to have that. And teams are showing you, eh, no, not so much. You know, we could play Draymond at center for a little while and get, get away with it if we want to. Uh, teams are showing you it's not that big a deal. But when you have now have LeBron James with his back to the basket and down low, where he can be even more athletic against less athletic players, that's where you're going to start seeing teams really struggle because as LeBron wears down a little bit, the players are going to be able to out-athleticize him on the wing because as big and powerful, as strong as he is when you're 36, other guys are big, strong, powerful too. And when they're 26, 27 years old, guess what? They have a little bit more of a quick twitch, a little bit more of that extra step, and it's going to be harder to get to the hoop. But when you are down low against players who really are not athletic as you, then you're going to see the mismatch for LeBron. I mean, it's absolutely fascinating to watch. I'm just not buying that the Lakers are back and that this is suddenly going to be, this is how the Lakers win the championship. LeBron goes to center and and here he is. If LeBron moved to center and the Lakers had won 11 out of 14 or 12 out of 15, I would say, hey, you know what? They figured it out now. Watch out because how do you stop LeBron at center? But still with this going on, teams are figuring out a way to beat the Lakers almost every other night. So yeah, it's great. It's awesome. I'm just I'm, I'm just not going to believe in it because every time I've seen the Lakers win a couple of games, people go crazy and say, look how good they are. And then they lose two in a row. And it's, we got to fire Frank Vogel and get rid of Russell Westbrook. Then they win a game and it's, we got to start Russell Westbrook and run the offense through him. Then they lose the next game and it's, he, Russell Westbrook's got to sit and Malik Monk has to play all his minutes. I mean, this is what it is to be a Laker fan this season. It's, it's that kind of up, up, down, and yo-yo every single night. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup. Sit, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities, 
and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I feel like I don't want to watch uh, the Dennis Miller show from the 1990s. (laughs) Every time I hear this song, because that was his exit song for like 10 years, he used this song. Uh, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. That's discover.com slash match. Limitations, they do apply. Well, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame will welcome in... David Ortiz as its lone inductee this year. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens miss again. So does Kurt Schilling. So does Alex Rodriguez. Did the voters get it right? Joining us now on the hotline, a guy who always gets it right. Well, except when watching Michigan play Georgia in the college football semifinals. He is Fox Sports 1 insider, longtime friend of the show. You can follow him on Twitter, at John Morosi. It is. John Paul Morosi. JP, what's happening, buddy? How are you? Good evening, my friends. Uh, plenty has occurred since we last had this conversation. I, I think it was so long ago that there were all these concerns about the University of Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and if, if he was the right guy and, and should they have given him an extension a year ago. And, and now all of a sudden NFL teams apparently like him again. So uh, the, I would say the sports world moves pretty quickly. Uh, and certainly uh, the balloting was quick for David Ortiz and the balloting was very slow indeed for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Slow and unfulfilling. You know, I, I got to say this, JP. Obviously, David Ortiz was getting in. He had the PED aura around him, but never having a positive test and also having a great image helped him get into the Hall of Fame. Whereas you look at the other guys who didn't get in, you know, Bonds and, and, and Clemens, who have been riddled with, with PED accusations and, and many things throughout their career, also not having the best images with the voters. How much does that does that play into when a guy actually votes? Because we hear all the time about, hey, you know, so and so was not likable, and he didn't answer questions of mine. Because really, with these guys, you're on one of two sides. It's either the guy's a Hall of Famer or the guy used PED, and I don't like him. But really, you get that ish factor of, ah, eh, his image wasn't very good either, so I'm really not going to vote for him. Because when I see Ortiz getting in like this, he had the questions, had a great image. The other guys had the questions, not a great image. Well, it's a very fair question, uh, and it's a complicated one because I, I, a couple things. Uh, number one, you look back at, at the Hall of Fame voting, and from a relationship standpoint, and and dealing with the media, uh, you know, Mark McGuire was he was playing 
before my time in terms of covering the game, but he seemed to enjoy a, a relatively good relationship with the media. Uh, certainly uh, Andy Pettit uh, did as well, and his numbers remain relatively low. Um, I, I think that over time, baseball writers have gotten better at separating how they feel about a player from the way they vote for the stuff that really, really matters like this. I, I really believe that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are are more – it's a greater detriment to them, far greater, the actual links and documentation uh, surrounding uh, the allegations of PED use than their persona. And with David Ortiz, I think it's a fundamentally different question because the league itself and the players' union both came out and said – that the 2003 survey testing, there were plenty of inconsistencies with it, enough that you should not consider this to be uh, a a positive link to steroids. That was said by both the league and the union, and here we are in the midst of a lockout and still uh, aspects of disagreement between those two parties. So if they both agree on something, it's probably a good guidance to follow, and certainly that was the way that 77% of people um, cited here in this particular question. So it's, it's a fair point. I do believe, though, that when you look at the number of MVP awards that Barry Bonds won, Rob Parker pointed that out today, actually, on, on MLB Network. The number of times that Barry Bonds won the MVP, clearly he didn't have a great relationship with the writers back then either, and he still won the MVP as voted on by the baseball writers. So uh, I, I, it's a fair question, but I really think that the – relationship with the writers uh, is very far down the list of, of elements under consideration by the writers themselves. Do we ask more questions about, well, why didn't they ask more questions at the time and whether they feel duped having cast those ballots for bonds all those years ago, JP? Yeah. No, that's a fair question, too. I, you know, certainly for me, I didn't cover Bonds uh, sort of directly in terms of being uh, on the Giants beat or, or having in-depth conversations with him. Uh, and it certainly, is there a feeling that, that the writers were duped? Uh, perhaps. Uh, I, I don't think that that's, that sort of vengeance or, or spite is motivating this. I, I think you have a lot of writers who um, have their set of beliefs about what it means to play the game fairly and with good sportsmanship. And I really think that those tenants, however old-fashioned they may sound, are a very real part of the way the game has been covered and documented and the history celebrated for decades, for generations. And so I really think that, that you're running up much more against that than you are any sort of guilt or hard feelings about being, being duped or, or, or misled. I, I think Dan O'Dowd, one of my colleagues at MLB Network, uh, put it very well the other day that he was an executive in the game during that time, and he feels like he didn't do enough that he could have done other things to to bring to just basically bring a higher level of integrity to to the sport during that time. So it's I think it's a shared responsibility for everyone who was around the game and I I I think again that's that's an emotion that we might all feel but the voting I really believe takes place on a much more objective plane and part of that objective analysis for some for some voters is do you do you have a link to PEDs? And if you do, it's an objective no. Uh, for me, it's not. I voted for Bonds and Clemens every time I had the chance to. But uh, for many voters, obviously, the the opinion is different. John Paul Morosi, MLB insider with us here, Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. All right, now, as far as it comes for Bonds and Clemens and Sosa and Schilling, you know, 10 years on the ballot and now they're out. Now they get to the Hall of Fame Today's Game Era Committee. There's many ways they can get in. Look, we've seen players get in the Veterans Committee, you know, years and years and years after they're done. Do they soften? On, on these players at all, and, and, and we see more support for them and when, when they're being judged by a different group of people and where it's, this is players, executives, and, and media members, uh, do they get a different kind of shake when it comes to uh, their uh, classification now? You know, that is a great question. I, I, I think this. First of all, uh, it is somewhat ironic that uh, Kurt Schilling and Bonds and Clemens and Sosa, they must first pass through a screening committee that is appointed by, yes, 
the baseball writers uh, within the next several months. So as they say, we're not joke. we're not done with you yet. We're not done with you yet. Um, and then, of course, it goes to the 16-member committee, um, the Veterans Committee, as it's known. It's a really interesting dilemma. The, the, the Hall of Fame itself has said very little about what its stated objective guidance to the baseball writers is, except for the noted Joe Morgan letter several years ago, in which he said that that basically if, if there was a link of the Mitchell report or, or documentation of having used steroids, that you don't belong in the Hall of Fame. Now, Joe Morgan was in many ways the leader of the Hall of Famers. He was... The, certainly acting in that point in time as a vice chairman of the hall, um, a spokesperson, if you will, for, for the fraternity. I look at this and say, if Joe Morgan was going to write that letter and say that he believes that steroid users do not belong in the Hall of Fame, Joe Morgan didn't do that on his own. Very, very few things, things, you know, I'm speaking to you from Cooperstown right now, things here related to the Hall of Fame are not done carelessly or flippantly or expeditiously there is there is a thorough deliberative process behind everything that happens in this town as it relates to the building a couple blocks away from me and so if if that's the case that had to be the wishes of a lot of the players and it stands to reason that when the committee convenes there's a lot of those players on there they're probably going to have a, a similar viewpoint it's going to be a really fascinating dynamic. I, I, I'll tell you this, if you're going to ask me that, uh, and you haven't asked this question yet, but, but since you all both ask great questions all the time, you probably were about to ask this question, um, that when, when this committee meets in December, who is the most likely person to be elected? It's not Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens or even perhaps Kurt Schilling. I think it's Fred McGriff because he belongs he is eminently respected. And, oh, by the way, if you convene a committee of any recently elected players to the Hall of Fame, you might involve two of his former teammates from Atlanta or his manager or his GM. So there's going to be a lot of friendly votes on that panel, I believe, for Fred McGriff. And there should be because he belongs in the Hall of Fame. So uh, it's going to be a really interesting dilemma. And, by the way, you know who else might be on that ballot? Joe West himself. He's retired now. Right, Joe West, you might have a ballot of Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, Joe West, George Steinbrenner, Bruce Bochy, Lou Pinella, Jim Leland. Some stars on that, on that ballot right there, my friends. Well, and don't forget Max Scherzer as a Met. Before he even throws a pitch, he's going to be on the ballot I mean, as well. I, I, you know what? Uh, I'm surprised <laughs> that uh, actually what was happening was uh, as I was leaving the plaque gallery tonight after the show was over, there was actually uh, one of the representatives of the hall was, was polishing the spot on the wall where Max is going to be on the wall with his Mets hat. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, good. Because okay, good. I'm glad they were clearly, taking care of that. <laughs> because, as you know, Max plans to pitch until he's 60 yeah. just so he could win more games for the Mets than he's already won for the Nationals or Tigers, okay? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with it. Boy, that, that contract extension 57 is going to be tough, but okay, I'm up for it. We're talking hey, Hall I, of Fame I think and by then, legends and he hijacks yeah, this You know what we're going to do? <laughs> the, the, the final out of that World Series is going to be – and uh, so uh, runners on first and second, bottom of the ninth inning. Scherzer is out there throwing a 170-pitch complete game at the age of 65. <laughs> and the tapper back to the mound. He wheels and throws, oh, to third base. And who's at third? Bobby Bonilla is there covering third. <laughs> and the Mets have won it all. How'd that sound? I like that, buddy. That was you kid. I just needed a crowd behind you to react. It would sounded great. And a long drive. Yeah. So I, we're, there's, we're, there's we're, actually <laughs> there's a I, I'm doing the clap. You know that, that uh, there you go. So there's there's actually a little booth at the Hall of Fame. I was walking through it today. By the way, this I was lucky because I was in there getting ready for the show and the, the place was closed. So I was literally walking around the Hall of Fame by myself, which was kind of an amazing awesome. thing to be able to say. Um, there's actually a little a little area that celebrates the recreations of those broadcasts from back in the day when they would have those uh, those like two uh, two two by fours together, slamming them together to to uh, mimic the sound of a bat. So just History of the game is pretty special. Uh, it, it really, really is. And this is, a, this is an extraordinary place. If you've never been to Cooperstown, if you've never been, 
Come here, please. Great place. Stop and watch a hockey game on the way in at Cornell or, or somewhere up the road. Great, great trip. Hockey, baseball, get some snow in. Beautiful time. One of the greatest museums and places uh, in, in our country. That, that whole street uh, during induction week is fantastic. Of course, it'll only be for David Ortiz. How about we change the, the voting to where you actually have to stare and stare at the uh, other voters for the final rounds like in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame? You know, where yeah, you're not you know, sitting in know, the comfort of your home and you have to make an argument for or against. And you can't oh, just say the smoke meter is between 7 I, and 10. No, here's here's the deal. I, I I love that my ballot arrives. I'm a big fan. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm a big fan of the mail. I love mail. Just love it. I love getting mail. I love sending mail. Sure. And so, for me, a ballot arriving to my to my home in a in a in an envelope that I then send back in an envelope is like peak morosi. That is if if all if all my communication was was via was via letter, I'd be I'd be a nirvana for me. So uh I I I dig the the, the pen to paper. Um and I don't know. I mean for me and I and you guys you guys obviously have uh have have done many 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 more national radio programs than I have done. I have never hosted one uh on on broad sports in my life, more than one sport. Baseball is about all I can handle. As we've talked about before, my knowledge of football is just just backup quarterback from the 1990s. Yeah. So, but but you would know this better than me. Okay. What uh, what Hall of Fame gets debated better on your radio program? Baseball or football? Oh, baseball. 100%. Yeah. So, so we have Well, we have no, best. baseball only gets debated here because of the dopey rules and and how we're doing this of keeping guys that are the acknowledged leaders in many, many categories. Oh, wait a minute. With many, oh, many oh, statistics so. out as opposed to here are their accolades and let's decide whether they're in or not. So, so here's the question. So I I, I got to get you guys to commit to this on the air. Next year there's no Bonds and Clemens on the on the writers ballot. So can we still be friends? Can you can we talk? Can we talk about a different like if Scott Rowland gets in? Yeah, it'll be the, the next guys, and because the they played the, the same era. Jasper, so 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 if Scott Rowland's elected a year from now, the pride of Jasper, Indiana, great Hoosier. So if Scott Rowland goes in, and 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 you pick up the phone, and call me a year from now. Is it all going to be about like why did A Rod not crack forty percent? Like, is, is that or are we going to talk about Scott Rowland? Well, we can talk about Scott Rowland a bit, but it's still a, about the picking and choosing. I think to a degree of the players hey, in the go. area of who hey, are in. Hey, hey guys, it keeps us it keeps us in the news. You know, it keeps us in the news. True. I got to tell you this. I was I. Uh, how about this timing? By the way, I had not watched. This is a true story. I had not watched an NFL game all season long. <laughs> until the fourth quarter of the Chiefs and the Bills. That was the first football I watched wow. all year. Well, you picked a now, good one was, to watch. Now, as far as I'm concerned, the NFL's putting out a heck of a product. That was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to admit, like, I, I was into that. And, and I was watching in upstate New York. So, like, the Bills take the lead, and, and the person next to me says, nah. There's still 13 seconds left. I was like, still 13 seconds? I mean, <laughs> how can – I mean, really, though, how 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 does Mahomes make it look that easy? Oh, the, Bills, so the Bills gave it to him. The Bills He's a made, wizard. The Bills said, here, go take take all these yards and kick a field goal. The so they Bills were dropping, completely blew it. They dropped too far into coverage there. And, oh, and even, they did. Even to me, the second-to-last second touchdown that the Chiefs scored – that was that was the one that should not have happened because the yeah. safety bit the safety bit and was all of a sudden got way out of position and that that's what happened there. That's uh, Look that at was you my not watching again, football. <laughs> you're already saying things like the safety bit on the line. I, 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 I know. That, I know. That's what I saw. I the safety that. bit. Yeah. Well, the safety the 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 Bills safety bit and the previous to that the Chiefs cornerback fell down. Like that that's that that's yeah. that's the football analysis that you come to this radio program to get right there. Falling down never helps in the NFL. You know right that. Yeah. That, that that much we should know. And by the way, I just learned this. We talked about quarterbacks before. Do you do you know that Matthew Stafford plays for the Rams now? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I mean, I, that's I, breaking I, news. It's that Matthew, Matthew Stafford's going to the N- NFC Championship game. I said, great, the Lions finally figured it out. No, no, Johnny, Johnny, no, 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 Johnny, we, you got to sit down. No, no, sit down, Johnny. I got to explain something to you, buddy. There was there was a trade. There was a trade, but before the season, there was a trade before. No way. 
So apparently Matthew Stafford doesn't play for the Lions anymore. I, I just found that out like 10 days ago. There it is. Breaking news from John Paul Morosi. <laughs> big time, big time news right? that he likes to break here on the show. I, John that's Paul, right. Hey, that's big stuff, man. That's and, big and stuff. And furthermore, furthermore, I, the last thing, the last thing that totally blew my mind is that is that the Rams they, they moved to St. Louis and then back to California. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that happened. Too. Like that, that, yes. that happened too. Yes, 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 yes. Unbelievable. And you, and you can get caught up on Kurt Warner's career by watching the movie about no, that's him. True. That, that's out now. You can get caught up. Oh on yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You, yeah, he was. You, oh, the, the, the guy. He played. You know, the last I saw him, he was playing in the Arena League, right? Right. Yes, he was. He yeah. was. Yes. You okay. and I are in the same Arena Fantasy League. Yes. And that happened. Yes, exactly. He's on Twitter at John Morosi. That is at John Morosi, MLB Network Insider, uh, and also JP. Don't forget. The guy we're going to debate next year, Carlos Beltran, hits that oh, ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. I, I knew there was somebody. <laughs> we have the best Hall of Fame. We got yeah. the best Hall of Fame. We really do. Mets I love it. Uh, take it easy, buddy. Uh, we'll talk up, to guys. you soon. Let's get guys. All the best. Enjoy See you, the JP. NFCA. <laughs> and that bit I more football I wanted to talk about. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues, works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based reps available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. So while Steve is walking merrily down the street, Sean McDermott is not walking merrily anywhere. The Buffalo Bills head coach at his postseason press conference today talked about the final 13 seconds of the game Sunday against the Chiefs in which the Bills allowed Patrick Mahomes to go 50 yards and kick a game-tying field goal before winning the game in overtime. And I'm pretty sure Sean McDermott listens to the show because this is him talking about exactly what his emotions are. This is two and a half days after the game. This was Sean McDermott. I watched it. I watched it. Uh, on video and I've watched it over and over in my head uh, a million times uh, and in my stomach a million more. Um, that's what we do. You know, I'm super competitive as well. and I want the best for, for our football team, this organization and our fans, quite honestly. So I'll continue to watch it in my mind and in my gut for, for years. And, um, but when we get to where we're, where we're trying to get to, um, I believe that that'll be, that'll make it that much more enjoyable in those moments, in that moment. No, this is never going to go away. You're going to think about it forever. Sorry, but that's how it's going to go. Now, two things. One is, I told you this last night. The Bills allowed this to happen. This was not a great 13 seconds by Patrick Mahomes where he was a wizard. He threw an easy pass to Tyreek Hill because the Bills laid way far off him, and then an easy completion to Travis Kelsey because somehow the Bills' defense lost Travis Kelsey. He's only the best tight end in the game, and you know Mahomes is throwing to him or Tyreek Hill. Ta-da! This was a Bills absolute meltdown. And this is why McDermott is saying it the way he is. I'm going to see it in my gut for the rest of my life. Because, yeah, because the Bills had a chance to win this game, and they blew it. And to hear him talk about this, Mike, and to hear he's asked about the final 13 seconds, and did you think about this kind of defense or this kind of defense, and he kept saying, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. I, You know, it, it happened. I don't want to get into it. This is a guy who is saying to himself, I let my coaches coach, and this is what happened. And maybe in my head I knew maybe on defense we shouldn't lay, lay back, Maybe, but I, I'm trusting Leslie Frazier, and then on the next play maybe we need to make sure we watch the middle of the field a little bit more, and we didn't. This sounds to me like a guy, look, I'm not throwing my coaches under the bus, but boy, I'm more mad at myself that I didn't step in a little bit more and be a little bit more vocal. Hey, I'm the head coach. Let's do something like this instead. That's what it sounded like to me. No, good on him to just let it uh, let it sit. Just say it's going to eat at his gut and torment him. And I, and I think that's good because I, I think Bills fans right now, tortured themselves, uh, are, are saying, "I hope he feels it." Right? Because that you know the fuel and the the burning to figure it out. As we often say, and certainly Bills fans can relate to this. Right? They're they're probably the best organization to do it. You don't know if you're getting back, and even if you do, you don't know if you're getting over. Right, you got a whole laundry list of Hall of Famers to kind of bridge to the conversation we had with JP a few minutes ago about the baseball halls. Yeah, you got a lot of guys with great accolades and, and histories, but all of them are like, um, yeah, that uh, four-year period was really special, except dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and so for McDermott, this was the opportunity. Not to say you're going to walk over Cincy. We have no idea what they're going to do with Kansas City this week, and we all hope it's a game. You know, point spread set out at seven. Uh, and many folks just saying, well, crown them already. It's like, no, they still got to play the game. But for the Bills, they know the opportunity was there. They were had an opportunity to slay the Dragon, and they didn't. And you know what? Dragon Dragon's going to be reloaded and ready for him again next year. Right? They ain't going away. This is this is this is to, oh when we win we're gonna no no you're always gonna remember this because this might have been your best chance to get it done. Twitter and how about a fresca? Mike had swollen dome. But look, we talked about it last night. Sean McDermott said it today. He obviously listens to us. He obviously does. He does. Of course he does. Uh, but coming up next, you want a big NFL story? I'm pretty sure Tom Brady told us today exactly what he's going to do. That's next on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.